It's time for the Security Token Show. We're here to bring you the latest and greatest in security token news. Coming from across the globe to your living room. And delivering all the latest STOs and getting you up to date on what's happening in the market. So what are you waiting for? Let's get on with the show. And welcome to the Security Token Show. We're your hosts. This is Kyle Solin. I'm Herway Conies. We're here in Miami, Florida. We're ready to bring you all the latest, greatest tokenization news right now. Thank you for tuning back in. And before we dive into our top five and everything going on today, we got to thank our sponsor, which this week is Turncoin, a project tokenizing revenues from its own platform. The platform allows people to back their favorite athletes, artists, and more by buying their virtual cards called Virtual Stacks. This also gives up-and-coming athletes and musicians the opportunity to monetize their career and aspirations. Turncoin is currently on INX, so you got to check them out. And you may recognize the name because we spent some time with them in South Africa a year or two ago now, and that was a security token show special. Those were a couple of great episodes and a great time. Congratulations, Turncoin, and thank you to all our sponsors for making this show possible. So with that, let's dive in. And diving into our top five headlines that you need to know this week, we're kicking it off with number five, potential Silvergate collapse as the shares are down over 50% as of recording. And this is probably because of a nearly billion dollar hole in their balance sheet due to the fact that they were the main traditional bank that was custodying a lot of the traditional crypto companies' funds. So during all these bankruptcy proceedings, they've been caught in the dominoes, not to mention some questions around the reliability of their audits. So they're, all their disclosures have been postponed. They're in a tough spot right now. Silvergate is top Five. Another victim of FTX, maybe? We'll see. Number four, we've got a big announcement from the industry's very own DigiShares. They're one of the leading tokenization issuance platforms out there, and now they've announced that they are eating their own dog food, if you will, drinking their own champagne. They're launching their own security token offering. So this is a Series A for the company. It'll be open to uh, both accredited investors and international investors, and we've got all the more details with you later on Sam's segment. Congratulations to DigiShares. And number three, the 12th largest GDP in the world, that is Brazil, is now launching a central bank digital currency. They're actually doing a almost contest of sorts with eight different institutional players, including Visa and Mercado BTC, the largest Latin American Bitcoin marketplace. But they're also working with DeFi professionals like Avlabs, as well as some other platforms involved. So this is a huge deal. They're bringing it to the Stellar blockchain, and they're going to be bringing a CBDC sometime soon. That's a top-tier, top-tier set of players helping them launch their CBDC, Kyle. Very cool to see. Number two. Another industry owned, we've got Onera, uh, the platform behind FinP2P, as well as another issuance platform. And they have announced an extension on their Series A, this time to allow U.S. Bancorp, that's the fifth U.S. largest bank uh, in the world here. So that's pretty incredible to see that they added another $3 million to their $20 million Series A. Congratulations to Onera. 
And number one, the top headline you need to know this week comes from Bridge Tower, the London-based crypto and blockchain custody platform and provider. They are launching a blockchain infrastructure product specifically around staking. This has been all over the news because of the fact that the SEC thinks it's a security. Well, Block Bridge Tower, excuse me, is leaning into that by offering their own security token using Lido Finance, working with the Avalanche and Avalanche blockchain, as well as Securitize. They're bringing in the big guns. They're doing this compliantly. And I think that that's pretty cool. That's absolutely awesome. We're going to cover that more in our main topic. But first, let's head over to Peter Gaffney and get our institutional update. Welcome back to the institutional segment of the show. I'm Peter Gaffney, head of research at Security Token Advisors. Last episode, we mainly focused on what's happening at the intersection of exchange-traded funds, well-known as ETFs, and blockchain technology. Today will be more of a blend. You could even say it's more platform and infrastructure-focused than product-focused. All right, so first, let's take a look at one of the institutional leading service providers in the space, Digital Asset, or DAML, D-A-M-L. So Damon's been working with Goldman Sachs for a couple of years now, underpinning most of Goldman's internal and now external blockchain bond and product issuances through Goldman Sachs and DAP. Damon also became BNP Paribas' smart contract language of choice in BNP's mission to connect multiple stock exchanges with distributed ledger technology, DLT. So the partnership that was announced back in September 2020 served to bridge products listed on the Australian Stock Exchange and the Hong Kong Stock Exchange all through BMP Paribas and DAML. Now, DAML solidified another notable client recently on the securities lending side, which is a very hot topic lately, in its announcement with Equiland, who processes $2.8 trillion in monthly securities lending trades, pretty remarkable in size. The operations are typically fine at the starting point, loan origination, but records get a bit murky throughout the lending process with a number of banks and parties involved. Now, the motivation for working with Daniel specifically is to improve that post-loan initiation process and maintain simply one trusted base of information. Equiland believes this will, of course, reduce management and maintenance costs, which is a direct improvement to that bottom line of all parties involved. But also, it'll improve decision-making and trading choices as bad information uh, becomes less prevalent with this whole new process. On the public blockchain side, we actually have Avalanche, who been pretty keen on developing institutional-grade services, infrastructure, and whatnot. So Avalanche inter integrated with Tokeny, a Luxembourg-based issuance platform, pretty well-known in space. Tokeny's bulletin board system, to me, is quite impressive and is likely the low-hanging fruit for Avalanche and Tokeny to be begin working together uh, when it comes to institutional permission needs, whether that's on like an issuance, a swap, or even a lending basis, as we're seeing. Lastly, I want to give a nod to the team over at Invenium, a widespread data oracle and layer across the private markets and the blockchain ecosystems alike. Uh, for assembling a firepower group comprised of the likes of Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, Blackstone, BlackRock, Coinbase, Bain & Company, even ourselves as Secure Token Group, and more at its annual working session in Miami this week. No doubt this will help elevate the institutional involvement in tokenization. And with that, Let's take a look at how Sam Sachs is breaking down the markets this week. Hello and happy Monday. The security token market cap begins the week down and down big, following a 12% decline in a Negra's token value, albeit from only $900 of trading volume, the total market cap is down to just over $14 billion. In better news, DigiShares has kicked off its Series A capital raise as of last Friday, looking to raise $5 million. 
The raise is taking the form of a secure token offering with tokens being minted on the Ethereum chain. Investors will be able to purchase the ERC-1404 security tokens representing ownership in DigiShares Digital Delaware Corporation. DigiShares has emerged over the past few years as one of the leading platforms for the tokenization of real-world assets, anything from real estate to artwork and much more. Its tech stack is used by approximately 100 clients worldwide, and most of them do happen to fill the real estate sector. The company is well positioned to become the go-to Shopify platform that RWA developers, owners, funds, and investment portals will use as a gateway to the blockchain ecosystem. Imagine signing up, setting your own shop up, and being able to list your tokens. That's now possible. They're going to use a white-label tokenization platform to support its STO. DigiShares is considering how to enable trading for investors after the 12-month regulatory lockup period has passed, and they're going to be releasing this shortly. The company is opening its STO to U.S. accredited investors and non-U.S. investors under the Reg D506C and Reg S exemptions. And in all our great news, ValueMax Group has launched the sixth tranche of its digital securities on the digital securities platform Addicts. This was last Thursday, according to um, a same-day Boris disclosure. The pawn shop operator expects to raise between 20 million Singapore dollars to 50 million Singapore dollars from the securities. And one Singapore dollar is equal to about 76 US cents. It's gonna have an interest rate of 5.10% per annum and will mature in three months. The deal is part of the company's recently launched 100 million Singapore dollar multi-trans commercial paper facility program. That's all for now, but have an amazing rest of your week and I'll see you next Monday. And moving into our main topic this week, we're going to be talking about one of the hottest trends of honestly the last couple of years in crypto, which is staking. The SEC recently has come out and said, no, no, no. They've reached settlements with Coinbase, BlockFi, Gemini, and others, Kraken, for tens or hundreds of millions of dollars due to the fact that the government thinks that these are unregistered securities because these providers aren't banks. So we're going to talk today about how staking works, how you could do it legally, which is inspired by Bridge Tower's new security token they're bringing out, which was our number one piece of news on the headline. Love to see that, Kyle. We'd love to see a regulated way to do DeFi and other financial applications of blockchain. And indeed, Bridge Tower with a host of partners are leading that way, showing the example. What I'd love to do for the main topic, Kyle, is maybe we can kind of walk through the staking process. This is new sure. terminology to many people. In fact, maybe you can kind of give us how the crypto world uh, spells it out. Sure. And maybe we'll see how that translates over to this regulated version and see maybe why we've got ourselves uh, a little kerfuffle with the SEC on a lot of these issues. So absolutely, let's dive in. Yeah, it's four steps. I'm going to try to keep it high level. I know sometimes I like to ramble. We got four steps. The first one is you're going to lock up your asset. This is where you're taking traditionally a digital asset in, in this crypto space. You take either Ethereum or Bitcoin or whatever asset you own and you custody, you give it to a smart contract or to a centralized platform like we've seen with Coinbase or BlockFi or whatever. You give them that asset and you lock it up in their platform in order to earn a yield on it. So you're going to get 5, 10, 15, 20% on a yearly basis in exchange for letting them lend out your assets. So step one is locking it up and letting them use it for how they see fit. Step two is earning a return on it as they lend it out. Step three is that a lot of times you can actually get 
use part of it and get partial liquidity by essentially taking a collateralized loan out on what you've staked, which that's where the, some of this starts to get hairy, right? Because you could add a lot of synthetic layers there. We saw the consequences of that, maybe why this shouldn't just be able to be done by anybody. But in theory, this is how it works. And in DeFi, it actually works pretty well. You look at Av and some of these other platforms, they do allow you to take out under or over collateralized loans, excuse me, where you're not taking out fully 100%, you're taking out a portion of liquidity while still earning yield on your original principal. And then finally is you redeem. You get your asset back, get that principal plus the interest that you've generated over that period. So you lock it up, you earn yields that you can either claim right away or you can wait all the way through the end or roll it in or do whatever. Step three is getting collateral on your stake position. And then step four would be to exit that contract altogether. Obviously we saw step four didn't quite happen for everybody over the last 12 months, which is maybe why there's some regulatory scrutiny. But definitely a seamless process yeah. with crypto. The idea that I could say, take my Ethereum, send my Ethereum to a contract, lock it into that contract. That contract now, again, programmatically is spitting out yield to my wallet. Uh, and in return, I actually can take, I get a receipt for my investment. Uh, that's a digital receipt, another blockchain-based receipt that I can actually potentially go and collateralize and take money out against or more crypto out against. Uh, and then actually, finally, like you said, you complete the investment, you complete you know, the process of staking by taking your Ethereum back out uh, and taking along any rewards with it, uh, as well as shutting out any uh, presumed collateralized yeah. conditions and such. There's two problems there, though, right? Talk to me. Well, the first one is that we don't trust necessarily or have, don't have any standards of what these providers should do with the underlying assets. So what we've seen historically is that they've done basically whatever they want with these assets, which then in turn results in losses in customer funds. So we need to solve that problem somehow. Then on the other side is that the investors have no idea what they're signing up for, which in the traditional financial markets is a pretty big no-no. So those are kind of the two big questions, right? You see why you said earlier, and that this is pretty hairy, right? Because what we're seeing here is something that's super easy. Anyone with the access to cryptocurrency can participate in this world of staking very easily by sending in and locking in their crypto and then receiving crypto rewards and doing all kinds of other fun stuff with that crypto. Naturally, we're talking about value and return and ROI, suddenly now it starts to make sense as to, okay, Kyle says he's offering me an opportunity where I can give him crypto. He's going to give me a return in crypto over time. There are some rules. I can't take out my crypto. He can does what he wants with it. And then eventually after some kind of term, I actually can take it out. Uh, yeah. Kind of sounds to me, Kyle, like this is a little bit like an investment opportunity. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could really, if you rethink about it, you're basically putting down principal and getting a coupon over a period of time, which then redeems at the end. Sounds like a yield-bearing instrument, a fixed income instrument, a debt product. It will, so well, maybe if I were to go to a bank and put in $100 and then they promise me a 1% interest. Exactly right. Banks do, but you get the idea. Or corporate bonds, right? You look at a, a company that says, hey, I have a need for capital, right? I need $100 million. I will pay you a 20% interest rate in order to 
give me that money for three, five, 10, 20 years. We see a lot, Tesla does this all the time. They issue a ton of corporate debt. Do. They give you a high yield for it and pay you back. The difference is here, they have to follow stringent guidelines on creating an offering like that and need to follow the plans that they say they're gonna do. We don't see anything like that happening. Well, we actually now do uh, with the example of Bridge Tower. So unlike where a lot of these crypto companies you pointed out earlier, many of them have already run into trouble with uh, regulators around this. We do see an example where it can be done right. You said earlier, it sounds a lot like if you have a federal bank charter, naturally you have the capability of offering all kinds of investments. That's it. Uh, and well, exactly, because you're under the most scrutiny out of any type of, I think, license that's out there. Um, but there is a slightly, I think, easier way to do it as well that we're seeing Bridge Tower take advantage of, which is dressing it up into an investment product. And of course, as an investment product, it is also under scrutiny from regulators. There's compliance and requirements and rules to follow, uh, which they do. As we see with a host of different partners, we're used to, uh, in this case, securitize, going to that platform and say, investing in a token offering there. Very, very similar. The difference is, is now you're actually participating in a staking opportunity, much more like, as we described, a, a loan or a debt investment, as opposed to, say, an equity investment where you're hoping that it will go up in value. You're expecting a lot more traditional set terms in, uh, uh, in play. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's pretty cool to see that the staking world doesn't have to be just shut down, Kyle. It can be revived. It can be done the right way. And you can see a very healthy ecosystem grow here. One might even argue that more financial institutions will now actually take advantage of staking because they've got this way that Bridge Tower, which operates more than 8,000 nodes, by the way, uh, is doing uh, very compliantly and, and hopefully successfully. And this has me pretty optimistic because... Gary Gensler actually recently came out describing how there are a handful of crypto securities, as he calls them, that have done it the right way. He's obviously referring to the Reg A plus and some of the Reg CF deals that have come out that have been tokenized. And we've seen many examples of that where either crypto issuers or securities issuers acknowledge the fact that they're following the protocols and he actually gave indirect credit for it. In this case, potentially we may see something similar. My hope is that he comes out and says, hey, look at Block Tower, look at other companies that are doing these things in using the methods that we've built for this and provided that you follow those steps, potentially there's the ability to actually bring these products to market without fear of any punishment or retroactive issue. I think that's absolutely awesome to see. Long story short, folks, to summarize, you can do staking compliantly through security tokens. If you have questions and thoughts, please let us know. This main topic is here designed to give you ideas and to educate you on this topic. We're always available on, on any of our uh, social medias and, of course, at the STM community. But now let's go end our show with our Companies of the Week. Wow, what a great episode this week. I really think that main topic, hopefully it's gonna strike some chords and, and get through the airwaves, but don't close out our show, Herway. We've got our companies of the week. This is our two favorite companies doing the, the coolest things in the space. Somebody we wanted to give a special shout out for, for their work in the industry. I'm gonna lead it off for Wig for episode 178. My winner is DigiShares. DigiShares, we covered them in our top five. They are doing their own tokenization. They're bringing a security token to market. They're raising their Series A. They're trying to hit a $5 million cap. They're doing it on Ethereum. And I just really think that they are a team that hopefully can bring a great product to market. They won the security token market. Uh, it, 
member of the month, community member of the month. They've been very active in this space and they've worked very well with us over many years. Klaus is an OG in the space and his team has done great stuff. So I just wanted to shout them out. On top of that, not only are they trying to bolster all of their operations, but they're actually gonna be aiming to launch a real estate decentralized exchange that is compliant with regulation, but is going to offer potentially more liquidity solutions for the market. And usually with DEXs comes great UI and great UX, which is something we've heard some complaints from about the industry in the past. So for all of those reasons, wanted to shout out DigiShares. I think that's an absolutely fantastic choice, Kyle. Uh, DigiShares, I've seen be selected by many great issuers. And now to hear them try to get also the liquidity game, something we've seen many other uh, alternatives and some of their competitors do as well. Uh, and I think as you pointed out, there's a great team behind that to make that happen. Congratulations to DigiShares. Talk to me, how about you? Well, I gotta give it to, I think a, another first time we're gonna show by on a new entrance in this year's running for company of the year, if you're selected on the show, uh, which in this case, this week out is CrowdCheck. I'm choosing CrowdCheck. If you've never heard of CrowdCheck, uh, they are actually a compliance company in the uh, equity crowdfunding space, if you will. Even actually disclosure, we use them for our very own uh, Reg CF offering for STM. Uh, and in fact, Sarah Hanks, the CEO, who I've had the pleasure of knowing for quite some time being in the industry, uh, actually recently joined Horizon's board, Kyle. Horizon is, of course, in joint venture with uh, or uh, uh, Upstream, sure. launched that platform that's in partnership with Merge. Uh, and Upstream has been doing a lot of listings lately. We love to see that, but specifically, Sarah sees so many Reg CF offerings, so many Reg AF offerings and other uh, equity crowdfunding offers. They cite roughly a billion dollars last year in investments in just those two exemptions alone. Uh, and none of those companies have liquidity as we know, Kyle. So hopefully, through this partnership with Upstream uh, and joining Horizon's board, Sarah is able to help usher in tokenization to the equity crowdfunding industry. And I love the sound of that. And I think she's awesome at what she does. Very knowledgeable. And for that, I have to give CrowdCheck my company of the week. Making compliance cool. That is CrowdCheck. And shout out to everybody in the security token space for prioritizing sustainable capital markets. This is totally a great winner. Congratulations to them. And that's our show, folks. We hope to catch you next Monday. But meanwhile, of course, check out stm.co for your one-stop shop of all things security tokens, the latest news, the latest trading data, and everything else that's happening in the space. Also, you know, give this uh, a share. Give it a like. Let someone know about what you learned today. Or if you have questions, reach out to us. We're always available. And with that, happy tokenizing. Mm -hmm.